0: It's Against All Odds presented by Fandle. You know, the playoff action is heating up, and with Fandle, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. You filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on The Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, America's number one sports book. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 or older, 18 or older in DC, and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 GAMBLER or visit rg help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft, tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, welcome to Cousin evening, weekend, Yay! Keep it going for sports fans yeah! that deserve your applause. Hey, it might be a backup-filled weekend in the NFL, but we've got nothing but a top-tier starting lineup for you. Fox Sports college football analyst Joel Klatt will give us his thoughts on this college football playoff mess. My pal Darren, the parlay kid, Sikoli returns to the handicapping hot seat. We're going to break down all the Week 14 games, and coming up in Wager Rager, I've got some big thoughts on Big Dom, the Eagles' boar's head of security. but. Before any of that, let's recap that Pat Steelers game in a segment that, along with Brittany Mahomes, was just officially added to Taylor Swift's squad. It's cover four. Cover one. Okay, even before Kenny Pickett got injured and the Trubisky Truthers reemerged, we knew this game was going to be a tough watch. Hell, even Amazon Prime knew. That's why last week during Cowboys Seahawks, they threw up this graphic promoting the matchup. There it is TJ Watt for the Steelers and Bill Belichick for the Patriots. That was the promo that was put out there with the intention of getting people to watch an all pro former defensive player of the year versus a 71 year old man who takes a week to run the 40. Yes, I believe this was the first time a network has ever used a coach on the graphic to tease an upcoming game, unless I somehow missed in the early aughts when CBS touted the big showdown between Tom Brady and Romeo Cornell. But honestly, is this really the best Amazon could have done? That hooded hoodlum? That sideline malcontent? It's Pittsburgh versus New England. There's so many other options. Anything. The Wahlberg brothers versus the Permanente brothers, huh? That would have made more sense. Knowing Belichick, though, he must have used this as bulletin board material sat the team down and told them straight up, you guys suck so bad, Amazon chose to show me. I haven't laced up a cleat in almost five decades. That should make you feel like human garbage. Looks like the three-headed monster of Zappy, Zeke, and Zunter Zenry got the message. Coming two. All right, let's talk totals. The over-under for last night's game was 30, which was the lowest total since 2005. The Patriots beat the Steelers last night, 21-18. So let's add that up. Adds to 39 points. That's some good math. Ends up being way over the total of 30. The under in the primetime games had been hitting at a 63% clip. So, of course, last night's game went over. But the best part is the first half- half wasn't even done yet and Al Michaels hit us with this.
1: And if you like the over they've also answered the call.
0: Ah this was sweet beautiful music to my ears and I didn't even bet on the over. Mentioning the line or any of the betting props during a broadcast used to be blasphemous like bringing up a no-hitter in the middle of a game or ripping the tag off a mattress which last I checked got you 7 to 10 in federal prison. Let's put it this way if Pat Summerall mentioned the line in the early 90s They would have taken him out back and strangled him with his own microphone cords. But now Al Michaels is dropping gambling lines like he's promoting a prime Black Friday sale. And why not? Al should be grandfathered in. He secretly tried to talk totals for years. And now that the world's a better place for betters, he's got free reign. You've earned it, Al. Your first ballot gambling Hall of Famer. And that's the lock of the decade. Cover three. All right, last night's game was described as many things. Uh, perplexing, soul-sucking, time burglarizing, and by some, it was even described as former Steelers' Juju Smith revenge game. Yes, Juju got his revenge by catching four balls for 90 yards. Pretty solid. But I, for one, think, in general... We may be using this term a tiny bit too loosely. Last week was James Conner's revenge game against the Steelers. Brock Purdy played in his revenge game against the Eagles. This week is Zach Wilson's revenge game against the Jets. Amazingly enough, though, he's doing it while he's still on the team. But. Back to my original point. Not everything has to be a revenge game. This is football, not the Chucky series. I know exactly what happened. Back in the early 80s, people saw what the nerds did to the Alpha Beta's, and ever since then, it's been all about revenge. Shout out to my brothers in Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. And what is Juju Smith Schuster even getting revenge for anyway? The Steelers paying him $8 million to make TikTok videos? Is he pissed they forgot to throw in a ring light? Let me give you a little tutorial on revenge games. I once got food poisoning at the Golden Corral, and two weeks later went back and crushed their all-you-can-eat golden delicious fried shrimp buffet. Thank you! The custodial staff is still mopping up. That's a revenge game. Don't make me show pictures. All right, so Pittsburgh loses again, and so far this has been a December not to remember for Steelers fans. Two losses at home, both against brutal two-win teams. The Arizona Cardinals last week And last night, they get completely owned by Bailey Zappi, a guy who sounds like a drink you order on St. Patrick's Day. The Acresure crowd started booing quick. Styx's live performance of Renegade didn't even help. And this is all confusing because Steelers fans finally got what they wanted. A few weeks ago, offensive coordinator Matt Canada got fired, and everything was supposed to be fixed. Yeah, this offense is fixed like when the plumber you found on Craigslist comes to repair a leaky pipe with duct tape and then a week later you got the Allegheny River in your pantry. What play calling. Four touchdowns in three weeks and then they need two yards to convert the fourth down and Mitch Trubisky unloads a deep pass, one that he hasn't completed since middle school and still hasn't. And now Pittsburgh is seven and six. If only someone saw this coming. Oh wait, I did. I warned you guys a few weeks ago. The Steelers and Mike Tomlin are destined to be 500 going into week 18. Yins, you're all welcome. Enjoy the sweat. All right, that does it for cover four. Now it's time for my comedic and irrationally angry attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's Wager (laughs) Ears. Alright, last week's marquee game was a big NFC Championship rematch between the 49ers and the Eagles. It was filled with MVP contenders, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, but it was one overstuffed star who outshined them all. And Dom, Big Dom right there big in the Dom. middle of it. I feel like we've read a lot about Big Dom's the security. There he is, straight out of central casting, Eagles head of security, Dom DeSandro, affectionately known in Philadelphia as Big Dom, getting into it with 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw. Somehow, everyone knew this guy, too. Even the announcers, treating him like he was an old buddy from college they ran into at a bachelor party. Listen, he picks restaurants and he protects his players. Look at him. He's got the swagger, the confidence. He even has the Italian sticker. I'm pretty sure they gave those out to all the Sopranos extras. I believe Big Dom was in the background of the toy store when Bobby Bacala got shot, but I'll have to check. Anyway, it wasn't all Sunday gravy for Big Dom. He and Drake Greenlaw both earned ejections. Everyone ended up apologizing the other day, but I for one think this is Stugatz. What really happened here? Greenlaw merely raised his hands to essentially a fan who strayed onto the sideline. Look at this. What is Big Dom doing in the mix anyway? He's not supposed to be protecting the padded players from each other. He's supposed to be protecting the guy dressed like Santa from getting pelted with snowballs by intoxicated fans. And the best part is, the Eagles fans gave him a five-minute standing ovation as he escorted himself off the field. Relax, Philly fans. He's not Bradley Cooper. He's not even hanging with Mr. Cooper. But it doesn't matter what I think. Big Dom is now going to be an even bigger legend in Philly. It might be too late for Halloween, but expect lots of Big Dom merch this holiday season. Big Dom tree ornaments, like Elf on a Shelf, you've got Dom on a Palm, Big Dom Scented Candles, Big Dom Cabbage Patch Dolls, Brookstone has Big Dom Big Massage Chairs, and of course, for those who celebrate Hanukkah, we haven't forgotten about you, I present you with Big Dom Dreidels.
1: Happy Hanukkah!
0: We made them out of clay and provolone. Alright, sorry to stop the victory parade for the city's new Rocky, but we need to put an end to this before Nick Sirianni sends Big Dom in on a critical Jalen Hurts tush-push. Big Dom shouldn't be deciding NFL games. He should be deciding which drunk jabronis he bounces from a nightclub this Saturday on Broad Street. That's my rager. Now here's the wager. I was big dumb last week for taking the Patriots over 17 and a half points. I really deserve a Drake Greenlaw stiff arm to the jaw for that one, but I'm bouncing back with my guy Dak against that Philly D to not throw an interception at even odds. Remember, he promised he wouldn't have 10 this year and Dakota has gone three straight games with flawless quarterback play. My MVP steers clear of the dreaded INT in a big Cowboys win. And Jerry, just in case the Cowboys also need a head of security reminder, this undefeated professional wrestler works for cheap. Eat that, Big Dom. Hey, we've got a great show for you today from Fox Sports Television. College football color commentator extraordinaire Joel Klatt is with us. And when we return, my buddy, the parlay kid, Big Dare. Darren Sicoli joins me in a handicapper hot seat. We're going to go over all the Week 14 NFL games. That and much, much more on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Stick around.
2: Welcome back to College Towns Winning Weekend.
0: Hey, from Fox Sports, we have Joel Klatt coming up to break down the undeniably incredible, non-controversial job the NCAA committee did picking the four playoff teams. But joining us right now, a man who has never had a losing record on our show. At least that's what he says. It's too hard to look back and keep track. But back in the handicapping hot seat. The parlay pride of Long Island. I believe he has a sandwich (laughs) named after him at the Candlelight Diner. Mm. It's my good pal, Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, Darren? (laughs) What's going on, Sal? Thanks for having me again. You got it. hey Darren, you know, a lot of big-name quarterbacks out this week. Mm. Backup matchups. I think there's six or seven. It's crazy. You played quarterback. You were our high school quarterback, starting quarterback. I believe you led Suffolk County in getting sacked your senior year. That wasn't your fault, but is that correct, or did I make that up?
3: It sure seems like it, So I think we have some photo evidence
0: of that <laughs> we as well. There you are. Why the hell are we in black and white? We didn't play in 1955. I yeah. do have to mention that to people. This is uh, the fall of,
3: fall of 1987 right there, Sal. So, yeah, right. black and white,
0: though. Love it. Look at that. <laughs> My, goodness. My goodness. My goodness it's wow. depressing to me i think you could have gone you can get in there parley kid you could definitely take a sack i mean parley kid was good in no. completed pass. it's not your fault our, our offensive line averaged 147 pounds or something crazy like that right there's no doubt it was a small offensive line they did best
3: they could sal look I, I took it like a man that's it
0: yes you did you took it like a man speaking of men let's break down these week 14 games like men would women too nfl is for everyone ravens And the Rams, Ravens favored by 7.5 points. Ravens had a week off to figure out what type of team are they. Are they that great team that beat up on Seattle and Detroit? Or are they that blow a winnable game against the Browns? Meanwhile, the Rams have won three in a row, find themselves in the thick of things in the NFC playoff picture. I'm taking Baltimore here, minus 7.5. I think they go back to basics. They run the ball against that rested or with that rested offensive line third in the league running the ball. The Rams defense 30th creating turnovers. So don't expect much by the way of fumbles or interceptions. Lamar controls the clock. We see that kid, yeah. Keaton Mitchell break one Harbaugh, 11 and six against the spread off a buy. Give me the Ravens to win a boring game. I'm going to say 26, 13 actually.
3: Yeah. So we're together on this one. Uh, Ravens off a bye week, eight, eight and four against the spread so far this year. Um, And look, Sal, they dominate the NFC, right? This Ravens team dominates the NFC historically. In fact, this year in their last two home games against NFC teams, the Lions and the Seahawks, they've won by a combined score of 75-9. to I don't see it being any different here. The weather is going to play a little factor here, Sal, on the East Coast. And give me the quarterback who's more mobile here. Stafford will be a statue in that cold rainy type of weather west coast to east coast never plays out favorably for these west coast teams let's take the Ra- ravens minus seven and a half
0: yeah that weather is a problem all over the uh country well not all over the country but on the eastern but another problem i hope it's not a problem uh lamar was sick sat out a couple mm. practices this week but uh Come on, get the sniffles out of there and Mm. get it going. Rams no playoffs. I was looking parlay kid minus one seventy eight. It's a little high, but I was just trying to figure out where Fanduel thinks the playoff line, the cutoff line, will be. Over eight and a half is about even, but no playoffs is minus one seventy eight. So Fanduel is counting on ten wins for that seventh spot. You think that's a little high? You think the nine and eight will get in? I think nine and eight's getting you and Sal. I think
3: right. I think from the beginning of the year we said that. I don't see ten being the margin, but I, I guess uh, they know better. So The Rams have,
0: uh, they seem to know better. Yeah, the Rams have the time breaker over Seattle. That's interesting because they beat them twice. Yeah. All right, New Orleans, five and a half point favorite, 37 and a half against Carolina. This Panthers team has one win. It came at home. They've been pathetic on the road. They average 11 per game over the last three, but the Saints are 0 and 5 against the mm. spread at home. So something's got to give. I'm going to give myself a break and take New Orleans on a teaser, getting it to plus. A half a point and under 43 and a half. I'm counting on the Panthers offense to continue to struggle. It's not entirely Bryce Young's fault, just like it wasn't yours as John Glenn High School probably kid. He sees (laughs) pressure a third of the time, which is the most in the league. A third of the time he drops back. He has a couple of linemen ranking in the bottom 10 in the league of Mm. all O-linemen. Carr practicing with two concussions in a month doesn't seem ideal, but I think Jameis could win. If he's in there, they got Taysom Hill on third and shorts. Panthers 32nd in yards per play. Saints can't lose a game like this. They absolutely can't lose a game like this. If they do, Dennis Allen could be gone Monday. I'm going to say 2014, 2016, somewhere in there. That's why I'm taking this under 43.5 and the Saints on a teaser. What do you got? I'm taking the Panthers
3: and the points here, Sal, and I'll tell you why. One, the Panthers finally got their running game going last week. Chuba Hubbard went for over 100 yards. And I think that greatly helps Bryce Young here uh, in this game. But also, Dennis Allen, Sal, wow, he's terrible <laughs> against the spread as a favorite. He's 5-16-1 as a head coach, as a favorite. And you know what? Jameis Winston, if he's the quarterback, 2-9 and nine against the spread, as a favorite of three or more points in his career. I think the Panthers just grind this out. They run the ball, safe, check down type of passes for Bryce Young, and they hang around this game,
0: Sal. Give me the Panthers and the points. All right. Yeah, the Saints team has been a disappointment to me. Mm-hmm. I have them to win the division. I don't know why. Like three weeks ago, I took them. I had seen enough of them. I could have backed off Parley kid. I saw Derek Carr. I also have Derek Carr to have the most passing yards in the NFC South. Somehow he's only 29 yards behind Baker. Oh, he's wow. going to lose. Yeah, he's going to lose that. I'm not worried about it. He'll definitely lose. <laughs> All right. Indiana and Indianapolis. I think that's what they call themselves. Mm. They were a one and a half point favorite over Cincinnati at Cincinnati. That's the tic-tac line. It's flipped now. Cincinnati now a one and a half point favorite. Jake Browning was excellent Monday night. There's no other way to put it. 32 for 37. Filling in for Joe Burrow, of course. He reminded me a little of Joe Burrow there. Um, I would go big on this Parley kid taking the Bengals if they weren't, up, A, playing on such a short week, and B, if I had trusted their defense. Luana Rubio's yeah. defensive squad has taken a hit the last few weeks, yeah. but I think they get it together against the Colts. I am taking the Bengals, given the point and a half now. Colts have been very lucky. I know you're going to get into it. Meanwhile, Minshew's 7-11 and 11, straight up in games where the spread is three points yeah. or fewer either way. Mixon, big game. Around 68, 69 yards the last few weeks, he busts out against this 27th-ranked run defense. I have 26-16 for a final score. I think you're with me with the Bengals. I am, son. You know, in our podcast,
3: this is my pick of the week here. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. short weeks out, but this is a resilient team. And let's face it, Browning, since he's quarterback, has to be riding high off that terrific performance just a mm-hmm. few days ago. So his confidence is sky high. And so let's not rush here. The Colts have had a very nice season. I don't think anybody predicted this for the Colts, but their last four wins have come against offensively challenged teams, the Panthers, the Bucks, the Pats, and the Titans. And look, I I think Minshew is a heck of a backup quarterback, but he is definitely want to make a mistake each game, big fumble, pick. He tries to make too many plays, and I think it costs him in this game. Let's
0: take Cincy here on the money line. To just win this game. All right. I was actually looking at some futures here. And well, first of all, I have a lot on the Bengals. Which is not, like to make it to the AFC Championship. and Stuff like that. That's not going to happen. Mm. But plus 750, parlay, kid. If that Browning kid plus 750 to make the playoffs. I know they got a long way. They got a lot of teams to jump. But mm. they put together a little winning streak here. I like that better than the Colts minus 190. Even with seven wins, right? You give them a shot? Absolutely, Sal. it starts this week
3: after this win. I think... You'll be, those odds will come down uh, mm-hmm. significantly in terms of uh, them making the playoffs. Yeah, I like them, Sal. They got a lot of
0: talent on this team, and they know how to win. Yeah. All right, another team who is uh, stuck at seven wins here, the Cleveland Browns. Another backup versus backup, we think. Trevor Lawrence mm. actually did practice, uh, limited practice we saw Wednesday. I mean, these high ankle sprains, it used to be, no – you got to sit three weeks. Now these guys are right back in it. But the line hasn't moved. So I think they're going to expect him to sit. It's going to be CJ Beathard there. Cleveland minus three and 30 and a half. This is the lowest over under. This and the Patriots Steelers that we saw last night. Get used to it, though. There's a plenty of backup versus backup. Stupid Jaguars. I try to get ahead, Parley kid. I had them in a three team money line parlay. I went Monday, Sunday, Monday, and I couldn't do it. The Jaguars blew it. Uh, Now it's C.J. Beathard, who has to face a secondary that hasn't been great the last couple days, but still fifth-fewest pass yards allowed through 12 games since 1990. Last week was bad versus Stafford. The two weeks before, 240 yards total given up passing. Uh, I'm going to take Cleveland, and I like this number. It swung about four and a half, five points since Lawrence was deemed out, we think. Um, Flacco straight up and against the spread in Cleveland. 11 total games started, 9-2. 8-3 and against the spread. The Browns have covered at home the last seven off a loss. It's hard to pick them in a blowout, but I think everything clicks this week. I'm going to say 24-9. Give me the Brownies. Wow, Sal. I like what you're saying here with
3: the Browns. And, like, I agree. Look, how is it high ankle sprain used to be a four- to six-week recovery time? Now we hear... He's limited in practice. But what does that really mean, Sal? That might just, they might be throwing the, trying to throw the Browns off a little bit. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's playing here. No Lawrence, no Christian Kirk, right? So we're taking the Browns here, Sal, on a two team tease. Browns plus three and under 36 and a half. Flacco was surprisingly effective in that game last week, right? I could not believe it until that late game pick. That's okay. This game could get ugly with the weather. I just don't see the Jacksonville Jaguars having enough offense to go up against this number one ranked Browns defense Flacco. Just don't turn the ball over Win this game. I think it happens. And look, I don't even need to win. I'm getting three points
0: and the (laughs) under at 36 and a half. Sal. All right, my ringer wise guy caller, uh, Raheem Palmer, would hate that teaser. let's make sure he never learns of it. You're teasing through the zero and not getting the three. But I get yeah. it. I get it. They play a lot of close games, so an under 36 and a half is uh is fun. Lowest over under of the week. All right, Atlanta two and a half point favorite versus Tampa Bay. I, I hate this matchup. I hate this Atlanta team. They're so frustrating to watch. I can't make any money off of them. 39 and a half is the over under it's funny someone uh, one of the nfl accounts set out a backup quarterback graphic i told you there were like six matchups with backup quarterbacks they listed this one it's like no guys these are the teams these are the players these teams chose to go into the season as quarterback baker mayfield and desmond ritter they already played the falcons one uh 16 13 earlier in the year no one remembers uh no one's gonna remember this one either the nfc south is so boring i can't get over the falcons how bad they've looked in winning efforts against the Jets, the Packers, Texans. Very lucky. I'm going to go with the Bucs with this tic-tac line. Well, now it's two and a half, right? Uh, Atlanta, three and seven against the spread the last 10 games. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay, five and one against the number on the road. No one on this Falcons team scares me. If Bijan Robinson, you know, 55 yards rushing, six of the last eight games, he's averaging. Bucks get revenge from that game that no one remembers. 27-23 final. Give me Tampa Bay. What do you got?
3: I'm going against you here. So I'm taking the Falcons minus two and a half Falcons won the first match up here and the Bucks have lost four straight road games. We know what Atlanta's is going to do, right? They're going to run the ball, run the ball some more, but please, these are must win games. Can we please feed Bijan Robinson, the ball? I don't have him in fantasy, but he's your best offensive threat. Right. What is going on there? I'm watching Cordarel Patterson run the ball late in the game last week. It makes no sense. They've saved them for this moment. Now these are must-win games. I think we see a lot more of them. The Panthers ran the ball effectively against that Tampa Bay defense last week, which means the Falcons can control that run game. I think they're going to have a lot of success in it. Ritter will be effective. Falcons
0: cover the two and a half all right let's move on detroit and chicago another big division game here uh weird one a couple weeks ago detroit by the way favored Mm. by three at chicago 43 and a half is the over under but a few weeks ago we started to see some cracks in this lions foundation this was before thanksgiving right i think they were up like 26 14 late against the bears and then the bears just blew it and then on thanksgiving the lions blew it we know and now they're back at it i want to know Mm. part of this line but i do like Goff touchdown passes over one and a half he's had two or more In each of the last four games, in six of the last eight games, he's had two or more. He's had five touchdowns in the last two games against Chicago. The Bears' pass defense is 25th in the league. Jameson Williams emerging as a threat. I like this. I think he could have maybe even three. This is a big Jared Goff game. Even if it's cold, I think he gets it done. Give me that number. You like a a same-game parlay here, Parlay. Same-game parlay
3: with the Lions running back Montgomery there, Sal. Anytime touchdown and over, 60-and-a-half rushing yards at plus 182. Montgomery has gone over this total in seven out of his nine games he's played so far this year. And one of those games he got injured in the first quarter. So let's throw that out. So basically, he's gone over this seven out of eight times in terms of his rushing total, seven out of his eight games. And guess what? He has scored in every single game so far this year. If you've been playing this parlay, this same game parlay all year, Sal, you'd be a rich mm. man right now. Mm-hmm. I love this one. It's against his old team. Just a few weeks back, he went for 76 yards and a score against the Bears. This Lions offense is legit, and the weather could lend itself to running the ball a little bit more than the Lions would actually like to. Let's take Montgomery anytime TD over 60 and a half rushing yards at plus one eighty. I
0: like, this a lot. I like it. I marked it down. You didn't see me mark it, but I promise I did. Mm. All right, listen, before we go to break, I have to give out a terrible Jets pick because I do it every week, and I'm doing it again. Houston is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They come to MetLife 32-and-a-half, another low over-under at the Jets, and I am taking the Jets over one-and-a-half touchdowns scored on Sunday as a plus number. Six games since their offense scored two touchdowns. There's a 70% chance of rain at MetLife. They have two quarterbacks that can't throw straight, and the one who can, eh, I don't know if I want to play for the team. But all that said, I, I have a weird, weird feeling that it's going to be a big, strange game coming from the Jets on the winning side, believe it or not, or at least keeping it close. The Texans, by the way, have allowed two touchdowns or more to five straight opponents. But Parlay, kid, get me a 1-800 number. Uh, to call my parents, whatever you have to do. You've known them 40 years. I'm taking the Jets again. Oh. It's uh, disgusting. But a Brees Hall... Bro- Breaks it open early, and then I'm uh, looking pretty. <laughs> what do well, you got? Sal, we've done this.
3: We've been through this before at the Jets this year. And every yeah. week we say, why did we t- Why did we go with the Jets? Know, what were we thinking? So, I mean, we might be saying that again next week. I'm back on a six-point teaser here with the Texans plus two-and-a-half points and the under 39-and-a-half. Look, the Jets are averaging nine-and-a-half points per game over their last six. How is it even that many? And the Texans rank sixth in total offense. But this is a good Jets defense. And But the weather is going to be pretty terrible here on the mm-hmm. East Coast. I don't think a lot of points are scored in this game. It's going to be a little bit of an ugly one. But yeah. uh, listen, the Texans are wrong. the better team here, Sal. Well, it looks like Wilson's back in the lineup for the Jets. But does it matter? This carousel of quarterbacks <laughs> is not helping anybody. They're just not going to get the job done again. Let's
0: go with the Texans on this teaser. Maybe we could both win. Two touchdowns. That's all I need. All right, Darren, we have to take a quick break. Stay right there. Please don't get injured or anything. We don't have a a backup, okay? So just stick around. (laughs) Coming up, we're going to break down the rest of the week 14 slate, including the Sunday night showdown between the Eagles and Cowboys. Will Darren or I pick against our beloved Cowboys? Find out when Cousin Sal's winning weekend returns. Welcome back to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Still here with the parlay kid, Darren Siccoli. Uh Darren, let's just get right back into it. Fine, we're gonna get some good games going, right? We went over some NFC mm. South, some things people wouldn't care about. But Seattle, San Francisco. We saw this on Thanksgiving, right? It was yeah. a bludgeoning. They took care of them, they were physical. That's what the 49ers do. They've been doing this to everyone. They did it to the Eagles, and now they're laying, what is this, 10 and a half and 46 and a half? Uh, They look great on both sides of the ball. Even Big Dom has them first in his power rankings, just ahead of (laughs) the Shrimp Parmesan hero. But um, like I said, they beat up on Seattle on Thanksgiving. They played well, Seattle did, against the Cowboys last week. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take Seattle plus the 10.5. Gino, 58% cover rate. After a loss, that's Geno Smith, if you don't know who I'm talking about. They just have to fight harder than everyone at this point to make this playoffs. Tiny bit of a letdown, maybe, for San Francisco. Maybe a backdoor cover in the making. I see it like a 29-24 and actually a good game, but San Francisco ends up winning. You think it's a blowout?
3: Yeah, I'm on the other end of uh, this one again with you, Sal. Here, Look, 49ers, like you said, won this matchup by 18 just a few weeks ago. And the 49ers have covered 14 out of their last 15 home games against nfc opponents when healthy this team is virtually unstoppable they're one of the few teams that play with skill and physicality and look we've seen it happen before did the seahawks i know they have the extra rest here but did they leave it all out on that field against the cowboys maybe playing their Mm -hmm. best game of the season especially on offense and now we'll see a slight regression this week getting that cowboys hangover I'm taking the
0: 49ers minus 10.5 here, So Yeah, I don't feel great betting against the mm. uh, 49ers here. Yeah, I did see the MVP. Maybe it's because we're biased here or because I'm biased. Uh, Dak and Purdy are both 350 um, to win the MVP on FanDuel here. And it, it, it's weird to me because people are all screaming about McCaffrey. He's the yeah. MVP of that team. Yes. How could he be the MVP, Parley Kid? And people, enough people think that Purdy is the MVP when all we heard was, uh, the weather has to be perfect and they have to be perfectly healthy for him to thrive. So it's, it's strange to me, right? You. Utah- that's,
3: that's a great question, Sal. I, I would say McCaffrey is clearly the MVP of that team. Uh, when he goes out, that offense changes dramatically and Purdy seems to struggle. And that doesn't happen too often, but when he is out of there, mm-hmm. uh, Purdy is certainly not nearly as successful. So I do agree with that. Dak MVP, right. baby.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's keep it going. We're going to get to that game in a minute. First, Minnesota at Las Vegas. The Vikings are three-point favorite, 40-and-a-half. The world was in love with Josh Dobbs, me included. The Vikings looked very good uh, to grab a wild-card spot, and then he fell apart a little bit, Dobbs. He had a couple clunkers. Kevin O'Connell thought about benching him, actually, after multiple turnovers. He's sticking with Dobbs. Aiden O'Connell, or Aiden and Kevin O'Connell related. I'd never looked that up, but it just mm. occurred to me that they might. Uh I'm going to I'm gonna take uh, the points here. That's it. I'm keeping it straight. Two similar backups. Raiders plus three. One getting points at home. Taking the dog. Antonio Pierce, three and one against the spread as the new coach of the Raiders. I like it. 22-17. I think the Vikings' woes continue. What do you like?
3: Mm, I'm going to go with the Vikings here, Sal. I think they have more to play for in this game. Raiders are virtually out of any playoff contention. I know they got a rookie quarterback playing for a job and a coach playing for a job. But aside from that, the Vikings team has a lot more to play for. Both teams are coming off buys, so they should be able to rest up, catch Dobbs up on, on the full playbook, that's for sure. And so the return of Jefferson here for the Vikings yep. is huge. Just as Dobbs is starting to regress a little bit here, he's going to get a shot in the arm with Jefferson, take Vikings, and the
0: three points. Well, if he gets a shot in the arm, he'll almost certainly fumble. He has 14 fumbles Eight. this year, which is, uh, the record is wow. 23, and by uh, Dante Culpepper, also from, guess... maybe it's a Minnesota thing. Maybe, yeah. I don't. It's a, I blame the Mall of America. I don't know what's going on, but he could catch that record. All right, Chargers, two-and-a-half-point favorite. What? Their favorite against Denver, 43-and-a-half. Is he over on there. These two still have to play each other in a couple of weeks. Um, Chargers covered in insane fashion last week against The Patriots they scored two field goals and covered five and a half it's almost impossible to do Broncos had won five in a row and then let down against Houston I'm gonna go with the Chargers here Um, they win a game they're kind of supposed to win I know that happened last week too but I'm looking at these numbers Russ after a loss with the Broncos only five and ten straight up Herbert hasn't lost as a favorite versus AFC West foes he's six and oh I think that's a good number of course, I'm hesitant to take the uh, Chargers in any situation, but I think they get it done 23-19. to 19. I'm laying the points. You like the Broncos.
3: <laughs> I'm taking the Broncos. Out. I'm done getting burned by these teams <laughs> like the Chargers. What? I can't do that to myself anymore. I'm just not. The Broncos were a few yards away from being on a six-game winning streak. The defense, what a remarkable turnaround that D has made. It's the D we thought it was going to be. And this Chargers sell on offense look exceptionally slow. Eckler, their receiving core. They just don't have the weapons for Herbert right now. There's no speed. Take the Broncos in that defense, getting the points, getting two and a half. Let's go.
0: Brandon Staley actually said at the press conference, Eckler might not be their guy. He might say, yeah, he's had thoughts. And then everybody yeah. asked, they said, "Who are you still the head coach? And he said, yes, I am. So there was a little confusion there. <laughs> But uh, all right, Kansas City home against Buffalo great game should be at least on paper Kansas City This started at three it's gone down to one and a half They're only a mm. one and a half point favorite in the tic-tac zone against Buffalo I would love 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 the bills in this spot parlay kid if the Chiefs hadn't lost Sunday night versus the Packers But even so there's still some de- desperation for the bills who really may have to win out to get a playoff spot here um I'm on the Bills plus seven and a half and the over 42 and a half. That's my teaser right there. 44 and 78 points last two times. Mahomes and Allen squared off. Close games, a four-point game, and then, of course, mm. that six-point overtime game in the playoffs. Allen 17-9-1 against the mm. spread as a dog in the regular season. Bills are a second-half team. The Chiefs are not, so I think if they just stick around in the beginning, One-score game in the mid to high 40s. I like the Bills to the over on a teaser. 26-22. You're going with a player prop. Yeah, I'm going to be taking uh, Travis
3: Kelsey. Anytime touchdown at minus 135. And Kelsey's last four games against the Bills, Sal, he's got 35 receptions for 379 yards and four touchdowns. And in their last six games, the Bills defense has allowed 41 tight end receptions, on 50 targets they don't cover the tight end very well and some people are questioning kelsey's football motivation please stop it this guy is a diehard football player plays through injuries etc he gets back on the board this week that's who mahomes can get him back on track look for his number one guy early in this game I'm, i'm gonna hit this before halftime sal
0: All right. I I think you will because I have him in fantasy in a league that I've been eliminated in. You play in that league as well. So I'm sure he'll go nuts. He'll go bonkers uh, on Sunday. I'll take it. I'll take it. Our team, our game. Dallas, three and a half point Mm. favorite, 51 and a half in Jerry World versus Philly. Big game for the NFC East. Big game for the MVP race. Uh, Rest in peace, by the way, to Mike McCarthy's appendix. They're undefeated when he had the appendix so I don't with, without the appendix we we haven't lost either I don't know how this works but I think he's gonna play go coach on the sideline he'll be there I'm taking the Cowboys minus three and a half mm. I hope it's not a mistake Eagles have allowed 76 points though in the last two weeks and now going up against a red hot the hottest Cowboys offense I don't care who they play they're cooking with cooks with Ferguson with lamb even Pollard improving a little 83 combined yards both last two games 3124 parlay kid. I think Jalen Hurts a little more banged up than people want to talk about. Maybe that's just going through my the deranged head, but 31-24 gets it done minus three and a half. What do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna be taking
3: Cowboys over 27 and a half points here, Sal. Their offense is averaging 41 points per game at home. And like you said, I think the Eagles are coming, their defense, too, is coming, they're kind of limping into this game. I think they're a little bit banged up especially any time after you play that 49ers team, you get beat up a little bit. Cowboys have the extra rest. Prescott, the leading MVP candidate, is on a roll, Sal. He's on a roll. And CeeDee Lamb, best receiver in football over the last month, a month and a half, and they have other weapons. Cook is, Cooks has emerged. Ferguson is a very viable tight
0: end for this team. Cowboys over 27 and a half. Easy, Sal. Easy. Are we missing an opportunity to take the Cowboys at plus 330 to win the division? Obviously, they win this. They're right in the thick of it. I know the Eagles have the advantage the last three. They still have a couple of tough ones coming up. Last three, they have the Giants twice in Arizona. You like that Easy. plus 330 number, or are we resigned to the 5 so? Oh,
3: it's just a difficult schedule down the stretch for the Cowboys. Yeah. But I do believe if they win this game, I thought I read it today, that they control their own destiny if they win this game, oh, Sal. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, so it, it's might, might be worth uh, the, the roll of the dice there. Maybe, uh, um, why not?
0: Why not? Right. Sal? let's do it. Uh, why not have two Monday night games or why? Mm. I don't know why they did it. So Miami, though, a 13 and a half point favorite. I don't know. It's week 14. Let's have, let's have two teams off. We had six teams off last week, two teams mm. off and two Monday night games. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to complain. It's more football Monday night, 13 and a half. Miami is the favorite over Tennessee. 46 and a half is the yeah. over under it's in the South Bay um prime times were great last week by the way cowboys seahawks packers chiefs jags bengals this week maybe not as great this is a huge number the titans are not winning this game game don't get me wrong whatever i'm about to say whatever nonsense i'm about to spew in the next 30 seconds don't make me think that i'm taking them to win this game they haven't scored 30 plus points in two years and tyreek hill almost 1500 yards through 12 games it's a free touchdown and yet I'm taking Tennessee plus the points. It's too big a spread, and I just don't think Miami cares, but I've been wrong about the Dolphins all year. 27-17 sounds right to me. I think Will Levis keeps this close. Uh, If you look at Vrabel, he's good in this spot. Big number, getting big points uh, on the road. What do you like? Well, Sal, if you,
3: like, if you like that Titans team to play, play within this spread right here, you might just like the Dolphins to win from one to 13 points. I'm not taking that, but yeah. I think you can get a plus number on that as well. Titans have lost nine straight road games. Dolphins have won 13 straight home games against AFC opponents. The Finns are averaging 32 points a game, number one offense in the league. So Tyreek Hill just seems virtually unstoppable. He should be in the MVP talk as well. Yeah. Sal, I'm not getting burned here again. These teams that seem to win big, these team, the Dolphins win big. When they win, they tend to
0: win big. Let's take the Dolphins minus the 13 and a half points, whatever. All right. I mentioned, speaking of whatever, the Giants are playing in primetime again. And uh, Hmm. I'm going to, this is crazy. They're getting six points. Packers come to town. Packers look great against the Chiefs, right? Jordan Mm -hmm. Love, oh my God. He went from, shouldn't be in this league, to maybe a top 10 quarterback right now the receivers are getting separation all that stuff big big letdown for the packers big win yes i said oh, win oh. parlay, kid now i'm taking the six what? points but i think mm. the giants win 21 17. i have faith in tommy devito i don't maybe we should edit that out me saying that <laughs> uh, underdogs in low total games do very well this plus six and a half 36 and a half is the over under tommy devito has taught himself how to play the quarterback Position, Parley. Kid didn't really screw up against the Patriots. I know it was a 10 7 game. Then the week before against Washington, three touchdowns, 18 for 26, 246. Tommy DeVito, Giants win on the field. Second best game for New York after Jets beating Buffalo earlier in the year. What do you think?
3: Well, I agree with you that. So this is the classic let down game for the Panthers. I mean, sorry, the Packers. Sorry about that. And the Giants are off a bye week. Don't forget about that. They're, they're very well rested. And Dable mm-hmm. is not the coach type of coach. He wants to win every single game. He will have this team prepared. I'm expecting a healthy dose of Barkley. Since rushing uh, carrying the ball 30-plus times against the Jets, he hasn't carried the ball more than 16 times in about four or five straight games. Expect a healthy dose of 20-plus carries for Barkley. couple swing passes out of the backfield. The Giants cover this, sound Like you're saying, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a little bit
0: of an upset here. Let's do it. Why not? We don't care. They're not chasing the Cowboys anymore. Oh, they are chasing, but at a very slow pace. All right, we did it. Thanks, Parlay Kid. You can follow Darren on X at the Parlay Kid one or catch him shopping for holiday gifts for his 12 kids at the Walt Whitman Mall. After the break. We're going to go back to college from Fox Sports. Joel Klatt joins us. He has a Heisman vote. We're going to see who he thinks is deserving of this year's trophy, as well as discuss the college football playoffs. That's next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's.
2: Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom.
0: Oh, the paradox of the bagel, tis crunchy yet soft, tis filling yet has a hole, tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast
1: to breakfast.
0: All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. The college football playoff is set and there was no controversy with my selection committee. Only one person we wanted here to... Help us break down the games and the hysteria surrounding them from Fox Sports and his podcast, The Joel Klatt Show. Joel Klatt is here. What's happening, buddy? What's up, dude? How are you? Before we get into the craziness, I want to thank you and Gus Johnson for making that boar fest between Iowa and Michigan interesting. I know you've probably answered this all week, so give me the short answer, short version if you want. How do you think the committee did? I am of the belief, first of all, that it was a screw job to FSU. (laughs) but let's not get too crazy because they weren't going anywhere anyway.
1: Okay. So didn't you contradict yourself in your own answer?
0: Yeah, I did, but that's kind of, right. that's how I feel. So I don't know. Sure. I don't know what to say. No,
1: I, yeah. And and I think that that, that is probably how I feel. I think Florida state deserved to go. Um, and yet this is the best playoff on paper that we've had maybe in the history of the playoff, you know, as far as competitiveness and, and in terms of the teams, this is always was always the chance. I mean, we have four spots and five power leagues. Like how how did this not happen more? Um, Really sucks for Florida state. I also believe if you're saying no to Alabama, you're saying no to the sec champion. Uh, By the way, that team didn't lose an sec game. If you say no to Texas, you're saying no to a team that beat that Alabama team in their home stadium by 10 points. So then you get to Florida state, the criteria that the committee works under clearly states that they are to evaluate the availability or unavailability of players and how it relates to the competitiveness moving forward and that clearly affected Florida State so as much as it sucks and and, and that they deserve to be in this was probably the right decision the committee's
0: fascinating to me it's made up like of professors and administrators and former players and yep. not not their yep. full-time job let's say they leave it up to you let's say they say Joel Klatt you're on this committee and you get to pick 12 others. Who are you putting on there? What type of person personnel are you putting on there? Is it a, a Mel Typer jr? Is it a, uh, maybe Dion's jeweler? I don't know. You could pick anybody yeah. you want.
1: I'm going to like avoid your question, but this is also an answer. I would make, I would make more committees for me. It's more about the mathematics of it um, than it is anything else. So, Would it be me and 12 others? No, it would be me and 12 others in one room and then 13 other people in a different room and then two or three other sets of computer data that would all be aggregated in order to give us what would be uh, the the college football playoff rankings.
0: I like that. And then there aren't specific faces that are blamed for this. I think a lot of people would agree with this. And even if it isn't their full-time job, you now have a hundred of these people who it's not their full-time job, but you trust that they're watching and paying attention and everything. That's a good answer. More variables. Um, Yeah. Uh, Back to Michigan real quick with all the controversy this year and Jim Harbaugh. Do you think this is his swan song either way? Do you think it matters if he wins it? If he wins the whole thing, he's like, okay, maybe that's enough. Or do you think it's the written in the stars?
1: I do think, well, four weeks ago, I would have said he's definitely coming back. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not so sure um, with everything that has transpired. Um, I think now I would say it, probably dependent on how it finishes. Mm-hmm. If they win, I think that he will view this as a really good ending point, because I don't think this off season is going to be very good to him at all. And I'm not saying that that's, that's right, wrong, you know, or, or the other, but I, I just have a feeling that the NCAA wants to really hammer him. I think obviously in his mind, in a perfect world, they can win the national championship and then he can go and say, listen, I, I, I did what I came here to do, which is put Michigan back where I feel like they rightfully belong. And then he would maybe try to go back to the NFL. Makes sense.
0: Um, you got a Heisman vote, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's interesting because Jaden Daniels, everybody was saying, well, it's not fair. He's not going to get this extra game as a, you know, Bo Nix is going to shine. And there he goes. And it turned turned out the extra game hurt Bo Nix, at least odds wise. Right. It looks like right. Jaden Daniels is running away with this. If you, if you tried to bet it right now, are we missing yep. anything or is Jaden Daniels um is he going to get it?
1: Uh, it's a good way to frame the, the question. Okay. Well, let me preface this. Jaden's fantastic, man. I mean, like watching this guy play, He's special, and it's been a treat watching him. Now, if I was making an argument this year for someone other than Jaden Daniels, I would say he lost his most important games. Their entire last month of the season was about his statistics only, and we have other options like Michael Penix, who's led the country in passing in two straight years, won every single game, including against another Heisman finalist in Bo Nix twice, and he's undefeated in the college football playoff. How's that?
0: That's pretty good. And you know what? I'm going to read between the lines. It sounds like you voted for Rademacher right there on, uh, <laughs> on FSU. Thank you so much for coming on. Joel you Show. Bet, that's the podcast you want to listen to. He does a dynamite job calling the games for Fox. Thanks again, Joel. I appreciate you it. You bet, buddy.
2: Stay with us for more Cousin Sal's winning weekend when we return. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
0: Of time, But you know what? I'd feel bad if I bid you adieu without providing you with another winning same game parlay. It's from the Lions Bears game. I'm going with Detroit to win the game and sweep the series. Big deal. Detroit to score more than 10 points in the first half. Jared Goff to have two or more passing touchdowns. He's pulled this off in four straight games. Sam Laporta to have four or more receptions. He's done this in six of the last seven games. You'll get close to four to one odds on that. Just go to FanDuel Sportsbook and tell them your pal Sal sent you. I want to thank Darren, the parlay kid. He did a great job filling the handicapper hot seat. Joel Klatt for helping us break down that college football playoff mess. And that's going to do it for another episode of Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Just want to remind everyone within the sound of my voice, you may feel feel like underdogs, but please, please remember you're all my favorite.
2: Happy Handicap!